Hello, everybody. This is Joshua Morrissey Hatton with One Nation Under Whiskey Podcast. I'm joined today and as always with, with my good friend, my business partner, the, the dear Mr. Jason Neal, Patrick Harris, Johnston Yellen. Hi, Jason. Thank you. Happy New Year to you and Happy New Year to our listeners. That's right. It's 2024 now, isn't it? It is pretty wild having our first episode of the calendar year mm. occur on January 10. <laughs> That's a long <laughs> way into the year, but here we are. This, this is it. So, you know, you know I, we've, we've okay. we'll spent 10 days saying Happy New Year, but we haven't yet said it to the listeners. So. I'm going to front load a little bit here, and it's actually it's actually a, a connection to our 2024. You know, one of the things that that we all struggle with, and, and here I am now, 50 years into this struggle. You're 49 <laughs> years into the struggle, and the struggle uh-huh. is that with with every new year, as you're signing documents, signing a check, signing whatever. <laughs> You invariably put the date and then the previous year down because you spent yes, a year very much so. writing that very previous so. year. And in the news that we're about to share, which is news that, that really I think a lot of our listeners um, ha- have heard uh, you know, since, since January 4, which is that Single Cast Nation has been acquired by Artisanal Spirits Company. During the signing of these documents, I was a bit nervous that I might <laughs> type 2023, but thanks to the, you know, to the, to the vagaries of, of modern electronics, DocuSign preloaded 2024 while we were signing this paperwork together to join the Artisanal Spirits <laughs> Company portfolio like I feel like we finally cracked the code oh I kept changing all those 24s to 23s was I not meant to do that (laughs) (laughs) I thought AI was taking over the world and I wanted to fight back don't you dare get that date right I'm gonna fix that for you (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah so that happened yeah that was last week was a pretty wild week and and exciting and I, here, here's the thing I kept saying and I, I, I've said this to a few people at, at Artisanal and, and Steve Hawley and Jess Lomas and um, e- even in the interview with Mark Gillespie over at WhiskeyCast but the levels of enthusiasm surrounding this announcement mm. were incredible absolutely incredible and to know that we've built a nation that is so supportive Mm -hmm. of us and our selections and our relationship with Jess and the next chapter and it's interesting there there were a couple of times I saw end of an era hmm. and and hmm. i and i thought to myself you know i've i've been there as a consumer uh i've been there and, and we address it in today's interview with with andrew dane yeah. ceo at artisanal where 
you see a buyout, or sometimes it's a buy-in, <laughs> and you say, well, that's not going to be the same. And, and you're probably right. Mm. It's not going to be the same, mm-hmm. but it might be even better. <laughs> and, and the way that we're looking at this, you and me, and Jess is looking at this, and Steve Hawley's looking at this, mm. and we'll, we'll have a day coming up soon where we'll have Jess and Steve on the podcast, and we'll, we'll have some, some chats. We'll, we'll circle back to that after the interview. Mm-hmm. But the four of us look at this as a springboard to even better things. And that'll be better yeah. in America. Yep. That'll be better in what we've historically called ROW, the rest of the world. But what we really mean is it's going to get even better globally. Yes. That yes. is exciting. Yeah, you know, I, I, I saw the same. You know, for the most part, everybody's positive. Some people a bit tentative, you know. What, yeah, tentative what, right? is fair. Sure. Yeah. What is this going to mean? And, yeah. and you know, the, the simple reminder has been, well, you know, Jason and I and, and, and Jess, we're, we're going to be still in charge of the brand, still in charge of the cast selection, still, you know, in charge of, are, are we re-racking some of this liquid, right? Are, are we maybe talking to some new distilleries and, and bringing new distillate on? Like all of that that we had previously done, we will continue to do, but but there's something that I want to add to this, and I and I thought that this was, I thought that this was interesting, and I wanted to share it with our listeners and as well as our nation members, because I realize a lot of our listeners may not be nation members. Is, not yet, not yet, but you know, here, come on in, you know, joining ASC, and and we talk about it a bit in our conversation with Andrew Dane gives us access to to a lot of liquid that we hadn't previously had access to. And you and I have already gone through a number of casks to make selections for a future release, both, both for U.S. and um, what we would call ROW, rest of the world countries. And we, may, we selected nine or ten casks so far. And... One of the things that I absolutely loved after reporting the casks that we said yes to was the warehouse manager saying, well, can I understand the reasons you said no to these other ones, right? Because they want to understand our palates. And that, to me, is so incredibly key because what do we always say? When you buy whiskey from an independent bottler, you are buying whiskey that that bottler has said, I love this, I want to share it with you. There was no way we would sign over Single Cast Nation to another entity to then say, no, now you guys pick it. No, this is is still us. And what's more is they care enough to say, well, why did you say no to these? I want to understand your palate. And it just shows that like that's that's day one of our working relationship, and I yeah. just thought that that, personally speaking, I wasn't even going to share this, but I but I wanted to, personally speaking, I I I tip my hats to artisanal spirits for asking that question because it's important. They want to make sure they're doing right by us and understanding our palate. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Even to the point of. 
I wasn't going to share that. I had the conversation <laughs> with Tamara last weekend where that was the very point I brought up to her, which was it's not just a what are you selecting uh, from, from these current casks, but why did you not select the other ones? Mm. And, and, and again, to reiterate a point you were making a second ago, this doesn't stop us, Single Cast Nation, from going out and finding fresh collaborations. Mm -hmm. And the work that we've started with American Single Malt Whiskey will only continue. And and to that point, you know, with, with Steve Hawley coming on board, Steve is the president of the American Single Malt Whiskey Commission, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Steve Hawley is going to make it even easier for us to find new collaborators in the world yeah. of American yep. single yep. malt whiskey. And and so that that's what I mean. Is it the end of an era? Okay. It it's it's a chapter. When you pick up a book, it has multiple <laughs> chapters in it, right? Yeah. It doesn't mean the fourteenth chapter is not as good as the third chapter. Yep. It's it's just part of the natural evolution of the book. So yeah. I, I am, you know, it, again, Mark Gillespie said that last week uh, in the interview we had with him. Where he said, "You guys sound excited." <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's because yeah. we are. Yeah, it's, it's really <laughs> exciting. And yeah, it's it's interesting. You know, having that conversation. I just listened back to that conversation with Mark, and his his questions are so short and to the point that it almost takes you off guard, and you have to pause a little bit to get that right answer. And, and I really appreciated the way that he. He posed his questions. It allowed us to, to think about it a little more. But listen, before I go on with that, there, there's one point that I, that I think is important to point out is the answer to that question of why did you say no to these? It should be made very clear. It's similar to why we say no to certain casks from various distilleries. You know, mm -hmm. sometimes that liquid is not ready or it, it's doing one thing rather than multiple things. It's not that it's bad whiskey. It's that either nope, A, it doesn't fit our profile. B, maybe it needs to be put into other wood to bring out other flavors. Maybe it just needs a bit more time. You know, one of the things that, and we mentioned this in our conversation with, with Mark, you know, one, of the, one of the things that I found so intriguing was all of the samples we taste through when we were at the offices of, of ASC was that sample after sample after sample was intriguing and interesting and unusual and fun. And then you have to get down to the work of what would we bottle, right? And, mm -hmm. and so now we mm -hmm. get to tell them, hey, you know, we said no to this one because we thought it could use a bit more time in wood, or we said no to this one because we thought it could use some, some sherry to, to bring out some fruitiness or, or vice versa. So I think I just want to be very clear about that. We, we hadn't tasted a single sample where we said, Ooh, no, <laughs> you know, no, but, but I think to your point is that that's the journey we've always been on. And, and I would, yeah. if yeah. I was wanting to leave somebody with, with one, a one sentence takeaway before we hop over into this interview, we remain a whiskey-focused business entity independent bottler. Mm -hmm. it, it's still whiskey first and foremost. Mm -hmm. And that is not changing 
and will not be changing. And that is why we're so excited to go forward into 2024 and beyond. A whiskey company that focuses on good drinkers and good sharing whiskey. Absolutely. All right. With that, let's hand it over to to Andrew Dane, CEO of Artisanal Spirits Company. Andrew Dane, we're coming together here on a particularly busy day, and we really appreciate you taking some time away from fielding calls and texts and emails about Artisanal Spirit Company's acquisition of Single Cast Nation. But before we get around to really unpacking that and, and delving in much deeper, I just want to say hello and Happy New Year. Hello and very Happy New Year. Can't think of anything better to do than uh, spend some time <laughs> chatting to you guys. <laughs> so, so you, sir, are the CEO of Artisanal Spirits Company. And, and that's, the cap, that's the capacity in which we've known you uh, through, through all of our meetings in 2023 that led up to our January 4 announcement. Mm-hmm. But, but you haven't always been artisanal. You have lived a life before that. Can you give us a sense of, of Andrew Dane up to and including uh, artisanal? From birth. Yeah, of from, course. From birth. From, from birth, all the way, <laughs> yeah, chronologically. Yeah. <laughs> and you'll be tested on this later on. Yeah, of course. So I, I am... I mean, my, my kind of uh, potted career history started out of university without any particular idea about what I wanted to do. I studied maths, two degrees in maths, in fact, since oh. I loved it so much. Uh, a degree in maths from Newcastle and then a degree in financial maths uh, in right. Edinburgh. Um, so obviously that's the natural choice to move into, into whiskey. But in the meantime, I went <laughs> uh, and I actually spoke to my mother, who was a careers advisor, and said, I don't really know what I want to, what I want to do. And she recommended joining one of the big companies' kind of graduate programs, continuing to learn, get a qualification, a chance to work with lots of businesses. So I joined KPMG, so uh, one of the big four kind of of accounting firms. I had no idea what accounting was when I joined them. I had no history in accounting or debits or credits or any of that stuff. Um, but it did exactly what she said, a chance to get a professional qualification, so I'm a chartered accountant. Mm-hmm. Um, but worked with loads of businesses. Must have done over 100 different deals over eight years there. Bit of time in Edinburgh, bit of time in London, a couple of years in Toronto, just after I got married. Um, oh, brilliant. Couldn't recommend it highly enough. It was an amazing experience. And you got to see huge, fantastically well-organised businesses and some at the other end of the spectrum. <laughs> uh, I remember going to going for a deal, and we were in Aberdeen. Aberdeen, lots of oil and gas businesses, yeah. and it was an offshore rental business. And we arrived on day one and asked the guy, um, what sort of asset tracking software do you use? Do you have a customised bespoke system? Do you use an Excel spreadsheet? And the guy just looked blankly at me and said, I just look out the window, and if the yard's full of stuff... Bad times for business. If the yard is empty, good time for business. So we saw all, saw all kinds of all kinds of stuff. But yeah, give me a chance to go and go and travel. Lived in Toronto for a couple of years. Um, How did you I like loved. that? Uh, yeah. Brilliant, brilliant. Um, great. I think agent stayed. Just got married. We had 
we had visitors about well well over a year out of the two years that we were there so uh, oh, wow. uh, I think okay. other people enjoyed it I think other people enjoyed <laughs> it too stayed downtown uh, great a great city lovely people mm. um, it took a while to get used to the idea that they don't really have sarcasm so when people <laughs> say something they mean exactly what they say that as a Scotsman that takes that takes some getting used to <laughs> oh the weather outside's lovely you look at it and you think yeah, it is. I, I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, also, not something we normally get to say in Scotland. Exactly, not something we get to say, which is all the more reason it tripped me up. Um, so I loved that. Brilliant, brilliant experience. Um, came back to, to Scotland because I wanted to, start a, wanted to start a family. And while it was a great job, not particularly conducive to, to young family life, um, so I had my, my first son uh, early 2014 uh, nice. and then okay. really through it, through it went all in for that. So my daughter is seven, so she was early 2016 and my son is six. So it was, uh, yeah, a glutton for punishment. <laughs> but yeah, th- so that was, that was my move back to, back to Scotland. And I joined a business called Argent Energy, which is a biodiesel manufacturer. Uh, ah, turning okay. waste fats and oils into renewable fuel. So brilliant. A business that you can totally believe in, you can get mm-hmm. behind, all about reducing the world's carbon footprint. Um, a Scottish business that had grown fantastic and I'd done a few deals involving them when I was at KPMG. Mm. Um, and brilliant, something that was, that was great. Not a lot of overlaps with the <laughs> premium direct-to-consumer whiskey industry um, but growth growth businesses yeah. and all the fun and pain that comes with growing businesses so that's what attracted me to this role uh, the opportunity mm. to come and join artisanal spirits company and scotch whiskey society which were growing businesses mm. Um, mm. so i moved across in august 2020 as finance director uh, okay with an idea of joining a you know, growing business. And it's all the fun. I think it's the mentality of growing businesses of let's try that. It's new. Let's go and, let's go and give it a go and see what happens. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, so joined August 2020 and spent the first couple of years as finance director doing, a, doing an IPO. So Artisanal Spirits Company listed on the stock exchange in the summer ah. of 2021, which is okay. a true once-in-a-lifetime experience. Something I have now done once, so never need to repeat. <laughs> but it gave it gave us done, lots of yeah. money to go and do all the things we wanted to do, like build a warehouse and cast storage and buy some spirit and all the rest of it. And uh, yeah, I'd had some experience of doing them, uh, doing deals from an advisory perspective from when I was at KPMG. So oh, I okay. thought I knew what I was getting myself in for. Yep. Uh, I now understand why no one at the companies ever replied to any of your emails during the deals because they were just far too busy to. <laughs> so I've now seen it from now seen it from both sides. <laughs> a, a couple of quick questions before we springboard mm. off into into life as CEO of of Artisanal, yeah. but. Um, in some corners, the, the podcast has quite an academic following and, and you're throwing around math degree, maths degree maths. and financial math and maths mm. degree. Could, could you 
what the heck happens in a financial <laughs> maths degree? And please don't feel like you need to spend more than 30 seconds answering this question. No, nobody, nobody's allowed to send in puzzles or questions to me afterwards. It was in my dim and distant past. Um, the honest answer is I reached my academic limits. I'd really enjoyed the undergrad and flew through and went on to do um, financial maths, which is a, a kind of mixture of some things which are um, applicable to the real world that I, okay. I really enjoyed, things okay. that I could actually see. And I've, I've sort of used understanding um, business performance and share price movements and, and giving you tools to understand those things. Some things like linear programming were far too... Just, just I couldn't get my head around what it was <laughs> we were trying to achieve. And that told me it was time to finish studying and go out and actually try, try working. Um, I, I enjoyed the experience of still being a student in that last year, but... Were you engaged well. in things like like financial risk or, or risk as it applies to decision making processes? Is there that was a part cer- of certainly a bit maths? of that, but but the but the financial uh, sorry the mathematical modelling of it mm. uh, mm-hmm. of risk management rather than the bit I actually enjoyed more, which is the business assessment of risk. When is risk yeah. good? Yeah, yeah. This was yeah. more about being able to quantify and understand risk, whereas the bit. I quite enjoy is saying, well, okay, but that's a that's a risk we should take or not. We now understand enough, let's go do it, or we should steer clear of that because it's not worth it. And I think it's that latter thing that is more enjoyable. Yeah. Um, yeah. That yeah, first part found a bit too academic. Yeah, that's very cool. I, I like that application. You know, even for me in philosophy, it was it was the application of philosophy that was yeah. more interesting than just the esoteric ivory tower kind of <laughs> mental you know, waxing lyrical kind of stuff. Um, one more follow-up question, then yeah, I, I will give the, the floor to my fellow gentleman here. And by which I mean Joshua Morrissey Hatton. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, Thank you for the clarification. So, <laughs> one, one of the things for us in, in whiskey, in the whiskey industry, in whiskey business, is we talk about the passion. We talk about the belief, right? We're getting out there and we're, and we're excitedly communicating whiskey and single casks and flavours. And I'm curious in hearing you talk about biodiesel and, and kind of a, an environmental business. Was there, was there any of that over there? Were you finding that those who were passionate were at the front of the charge here and, and presenting that, but there's still a business component to that where just the passion alone doesn't make sales or make success? Exactly. I, I think you need both. I think to, mm-hmm. to love coming to work, and particularly to love coming to work when it's hard, when there's tough mm-hmm. decisions made, that's when... You need the passion. Passion to me is the difference between um, hard work and stress. If you feel that passion, if you feel that love, that connection, you don't mind working hard or doing doing the extra bit because you want it to be a success. Yeah. And that comes mm-hmm. from caring about what you're what you're doing. But you need both. It's you know you can't just be passionate about you know I I, I love skiing. Skiing is my absolute thing. If someone could offer me a career in how to make some money from skiing, I might go after it, but I haven't seen it yet as a career. I I don't think I'm quite of the standard that's needed to make any money from people watching videos unless you've been framed. So you need that that combination. You need that combination of things. And that's certainly something I saw in spades, in particular in the Scotchman Whiskey Society, but, but across the whiskey industry, is people absolutely love it. Um, yeah. 
they care so deeply about it, and that that's a great place to be because people are making decisions from from the heart and their head together. It's it's lovely. Yeah. 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 Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Cheers. Yeah. Okay. I think the let's hear it, Hatton. Well, I've got I've got a few questions, but but you just said something that that's going to have me front load this question before I ask my my bigger question. What whiskey do you put in your flask when you go skiing? <laughs> well, you guys know I'm I'm a big Ardmore fan, so that was as I could see Jason nodding away in the background. That's that's what I have in the, the hip flask. Although, to be honest, this might be heathen to say, but a couple of van shows, maybe a little uh, Bailey's hot chocolate on the slopes is, is oh, all part of the go. all part of the yeah. mix as well. No, that's that that's perfectly See, acceptable. He's a, he's a man of the people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was a, I was worried for a second there that we were going to have to end the interview immediately, but I but I approve of of all this. But, but I, you know, I am curious to know, however, what your what your own personal whiskey journey looked like prior to joining ASC and since joining ASC and, and really having access to. You know yeah. some of the world's you know most most amazing whiskeys. Like, how has joining ASC affected your own personal whiskey journey? Um, material. I mean, it's it's completely incomparable. My life before um, ASC and SWS, you know, I'd had the same two open bottles of Bowmore on my shelf for well over mm. a well over a decade. <laughs> embarrassingly, maybe a bit more as a, an eighteenth <laughs> birthday present. Um, that I never, I just never really got into. I could never get there. My first experience of the society was uh, a little while before I joined, and it was a bottle called Shed Soup. And the tasting notes on it said something like spending a lazy afternoon in your greenhouse with a newspaper and sweets while you admire your new shrubbery. Now, first of all, as a Monty Python fan, any shrubbery reference immediately has yes. my attention. But I thought anything that tries to use that as a way of trying to describe the experience, it's got my attention and opened it. And I was hooked. It worked. It sort of transported you to that place. Um, and since then, I was, I've been hooked. Um, so I've gone from those two same bottles to I've now... 20, 30, maybe a little more open bottles at any one point in time. I like, I like trying the variety alongside mm-hmm. each I'm not of the industry. I don't have the kind of technical history. I couldn't tell you why I like the flavours. I couldn't tell you how the angle of the line arm has influenced the flavours or the, or the, the cuts has, has implanted. But I can tell you what things I, I love. Um, so I love that um, light, smoky rather than the kind of heavy medicinal peat. Okay. Um, Hence Ardmore. I, yeah. I really like the, the, the sweetness of a, a sherry. I, I quite like a sherry bomb as well. Um, <laughs> but, but getting into that variety, what I've learned the most is I just love the experience of trying something new. So mm. getting the chance to try such a wide variety, and there's, there's only been one or two that I've gone back and managed to find a second bottle of, but it's one of the <laughs> beauties of the society, and, and single castination too is, you know, it's, it's a beautiful thing and you have to treasure and enjoy it and not be sad when it's gone. Think of that as the chance to go and discover the next one. Mm. Uh, so I have to... Go on. No, no, I was just... Uh, that, that's it, it's sort of taking me on that journey and now 
uh, to my wife's consternation, the, the shelves are, are filling with, uh, with a, a growing variety of bottles. It only gets much, much, much worse. <laughs> it's my wife just complained as recently as yesterday. And uh, and that was hot on the heels of the day before that. So, um, no, I, I was just want, I just wanted to point out that we have the most wonderful coincidence happening in February. The, the first online release we're going to have in the U.S., as a part of the uh, uh, Artisanal Spirits Company family. Uh, I'm getting used to saying it. I've been saying ASC and, and I'm trying to use the full words for, for listeners. Uh, I, I'm going to transition to ASC real soon in this, in this conversation. <laughs> but our, our first uh, online release as a member of the ASC family will be an Ardmore 25-year-old mm-hmm. mm-hmm. single cask that has, and please don't take this the wrong way, Andrew, nothing to do with you and nothing to do with, <laughs> with this acquisition and, and yeah. nothing to do with SMWS. It was, it was on the books. Yeah. It was scheduled. Yeah. And, and here it comes. The first glass of whiskey we shared with you in Edinburgh was an Ardmore, and I think 25. It was indeed. Yeah. It was indeed. And a cracking drama it was too. <laughs> and the, the first dram I had with you in America, Andrew, was an Ardmore 25. It is I'm, noticing, rem- I'm noticing a theme here. <laughs> it's <laughs> remarkable to have it. Although I'm and pretty sure wanted- we ended that night with a 30-something-year-old brandy, which was absolutely phenomenal. So it's another we one did. of the other uh, joys of getting to try some of the other uh, amazing spirits that exist. And uh, that, that's really stuck with me. That's fantastic. Yeah, I the, think I shared the, the a photo of you res- that I had a drama that on, on Hogmanay this year. Last year. <laughs> you did indeed. Your your reception of that nineteen eighty-nine uh, single cast nation cognac or or you know yeah, an unnamed uh, yep. region in France uh, <laughs> was 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 really wonderful, and, yep. and I'm glad you've continued to enjoy it uh, since then as well. But imagine imagine having an Ardbeg, an Ardmore twenty five year old thread through uh, through what yeah, we've been doing together. Wild. Let's Smart. keep that one yeah. going. <laughs> so it's on wax <laughs> a question that i've got which which i think is likely a question many of our listeners have is you know why is the acquisition of single cast nation by artisanal spirits company and i'm going to switch to scn and asc eventually too but <laughs> like it we're incredibly excited about about this new partnership about joining the family but but it'd be great to hear from from your own perspective ASC's vision uh, of us and single cast nation joining your family and, and what that does for artisanal overall absolutely so I mean first of all I think it's really important to know a big part of of everything I've done and everything the business tries to do is is investing in people and I think really important is the two of you, the two of you are single cast nation, and you're you've been a joy to uh, to work with today, and really looking forward to actually now working together as part of the same um, wider family. So we get we get two two joys: one of working mm. with, but also with the business. And I think first of all, single cast nation's purpose, what you're trying to do, is so strongly aligned with our own. The artisanal um, spirits company purpose is 
captivating a global community of whiskey adventurers. Hmm. Now, we do that, mm -hmm. say, by revealing the magic of that amazing, outstanding whiskey. If you then look at what Single Cast Nation is trying to do, you're, you, know, you began as a fellowship, um, a society organised around, around that right to purchase mm -hmm. rare, fine, amazing single casks. But it's more than just a club. It's a community. Mm -hmm. You want mm -hmm. to take people on a journey. You want to yep. bring them new flavours, new experiences. Yeah. That's exactly what we're what we're trying to do. And historically we've done that primarily through Scotch and Malt Whiskey Society. Yeah. But it's such a perfect fit because your purpose is so well aligned with our own. It's also why we found it so it's so interesting, so compelling. Because the proposition, what you actually then do about that, how you go about fulfilling that purpose, again, fits so well with our approach. You know, your members have that exclusive right to buy the world's finest, rarest, amazing single cast whiskies <laughs> and other spirits that have been personally selected by the two of you using your own refined palates. Yeah. Yeah. That you select the right ones and and those unique ones I think you use the word like snowflakes you know each cask mm. is unique once it's bottled it's gone forever and again that's so well aligned with our own expertise our own um, our own approach our own proposition so it, it's such a perfect fit and then on top of that we get the joy of the two of you joining the join the team and then Cheers. the 10,000 nation members as well so yeah. it's it's yeah. win 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 <laughs> And Jason promised me another un unending supply of twenty-five-year-old Ardmores. I'm pre pretty sure you pretty sure you committed to that. <laughs> I'd be happy to keep going with the twenty-five-year-old Ardmores. Um, yeah, and and that's certainly been one of the things for us. You know, I I was first part of of SMWS in the late nineties as a student at the University of Aberdeen. Uh, you know, you know something Jess and I share in common. We've we've mentioned it in other places. You know, we both came through University of Aberdeen, and when you're in the northeast corner of Scotland, hmm. you better be drinking whiskey because uh, <laughs> you're going to need something in your bones to keep you going. So, um, and and so learning about a society, hmm. right, meant a lot. And then when I moved over to the US. Uh, my mother and father-in-law actually signed me up as a member uh, of SMWS uh, at, at my request. You know, hey, would you help me join this? Um, and so they signed me up for that. I still have my member card. I still have my tie pin. Um, so watching the building of that society was hugely important. Once we then got to our own portion of Joshua and I writing blogs and working closely mm. with the SMWS and tasting samples and putting those in front of our readers, the idea to create a community that resembled what we were doing on the blogs, what we were seeing with the Scotch Malt Whiskey Society was very natural to yeah. us. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and we, we jumped into that um, and built the nation. And the nation has been incredible and kind and wonderful and responsive and supportive. And it's to see these now coming together in 2024 is is honestly remarkable. And if you told me this in the late 90s, I would have not entirely believed you. So <laughs> and uh. just let me let me just add on to that, you know, for 
for me, and maybe the same was true for you, Jason, you know, moving to the U.S. and having a new community to deal with. No, I take that back. You you had a whiskey society that 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 I was did. local to you. I did. And you could do tastings, yep. and I didn't have a whiskey society. I didn't. I tried to to grow one, but but I couldn't. And so, having access to uh, SMWS early on, I felt like I was a part of something, and and you know, being introduced to it by Jason, and then and then by the the earlier. Uh, importers of it into the U.S. It made me mm-hmm. feel mm-hmm. like I was part of something connected electronically, unfortunately not locally. Yeah. And so to start Single Cast Nation with this idea where we're forming a community that is potentially made up of people like me that just simply didn't have that physical connective tissue, but the connective tissue through whiskey and laptops and such, it just made sense to build the nation in that way that was community focused connected through whiskey yeah absolutely so, yeah yeah let me bring two threads together here as well andrew so you so we've got the biodiesel and the whiskey industry and the passion and you're hearing josh and i and and you've done it yourself here talk about society and nation and people and community but you're also the ceo you are the man in charge of the bottom line. You are the man working through spreadsheets and working how money gets spent. How do you balance those two responsibilities? One as a passion, and and second as a as a CEO. Yeah, it's certainly a balance. I mean, ultimately, as I say, the purpose of the business is what matters. It's that captivation, that global community. But we do that by creating and selling outstanding, one-of-a-kind whiskies and experiences around the world. And we've got an ambition to create a business which is high quality, but highly profitable and cash generative. And I think it's okay to talk about making money, because that means there's more money available to invest in great whiskey, great people, great experiences. So I think it's okay to talk about making money. What I think is important is that I truly believe that we can only do that by delivering the world's best whiskey experiences. Now, importantly, Mm. those experiences don't mean everything needs to be Disneyland and fireworks. It might just be (laughs) having a dram by yourself or with friends at home. That is a whiskey experience to me. And it's only by delivering those great experiences that I think we can do that. And that's what's so captivating about SMWS and, and... I mean, SMWS now has 40,000 members around the world. Um, Now, we obviously want to spread that even wider. um, But we can only do that if we're creating something that people love, that people want to enjoy and want to enjoy together. Yeah, very true. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. beauty. Yeah, that that was the part. No one told Josh and I that it was okay to talk about making money in this industry. Like, that's the... Yeah. <laughs> Wait a second. We're meant to make money on this? <laughs> I'm just learning this today, Joshua. I'm listening to a CEO. I'm learning a whole lot today. <laughs> yeah. This is like going back to school. <laughs> we missed our financial maths calling. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so with with the addition of of SCN to the ASE team, and, and by now our listeners have caught on. SCN equals single cast nation. <laughs> ASC equals artisanal <laughs> spirits company. 
How? Just wait till we start I, dropping I, in SMWS and GGT and all the rest of the. Oh man! <laughs> <man too. laughs> L-R-E-S-P-E-C-T, yeah. That's it. <laughs> I think our listeners are going to have two questions, and in a, and and I'm I'm not going to be selfish. I'm going to lead with the with the non-SEN question first, and I'm going to lead. I'm going to lead with the SMWS question first. With SCN joining ASC, what does that mean for SMWS? Does that change what's going down with with SMWS? Or does that expand it? What does that look like? In practical terms, I don't think it it does. Um, Not from a kind of um, members engaging with the society, continuing to, um, to go to those great events, to... To get the chance to buy amazing um, whiskies, primarily Scotch whiskies, it really doesn't impact those. I think behind the scenes, the more people like like the existing team and like you guys, um, who are passionate whiskey lovers, passionate whiskey experts, that we have within the broader ASC business, the better it is for every part of that. Mm. Now, that's not necessarily any changes to the the day-to-day, the specific bottles or the route to markets or the, any of those any of those things changing. But in general, the more people talking about new distilleries that they've discovered that were great or amazing whiskies they've tasted or fantastic experiences, the more of that we have together, the more everyone's experiences are, are improved. But in practical terms, it really doesn't have, a, have an impact. Um, I mean, I see... I see Single Cast Nation and SMWS as like two siblings, both with the same drivers or, uh, let's say, moral compass, but with very different personalities. So I think that allows them to go and continue to do the things that they're already doing really well, rather than trying to to change them. You have been Mm. successful because of what Single Cast Nation is. And I think the role of ASC in this scenario is to give you more support, more resources, more uh, people to bounce ideas off, more mm-hmm. financial firepower to go and buy great spirits and, and so on, but to fundamentally allow you to go and do the things you're already doing, but even yeah. better, to give you the time to focus on making this the success that it can be. That's where I see ASC kind of Helping you similarly on SMWS, giving it the chance to to focus on the things it's best at, yeah, and really accelerating that. Um, you know, I want I want to take SMWS to as many members as we can around the around the world. <laughs> I want I want the ability to get single castration bottles in front of as many people so that they all get to share the the joy of enjoying a, a dram. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, it'd that be was... it'd be wonderful to add some more countries to where yeah. Uh, our, our ROW, which is uh, exactly. going to be a bit more specific in 2024. Yeah. But, but those, those global opportunities and the, and the places where, where Jess is sending us and, and representing us. And yep. uh, I'm looking forward to adding more countries to our listing. Well, exactly. I mean, we're we already in, I think, about 30 countries at the moment. So overnight, that opportunity to, to reach more People bring more people into the nation, get single cast nation bottles in front of, them, and then to create more uh, amazing whiskies for you, so that even more people get to share them. That those two things, you yeah. know, overnight we can 
we can help with while allowing you to do the things you want to do. You know, choosing the whiskies is great fun. We're not going to take that away from you. That's that's the personality <laughs> that comes in the society. That's the bit you want to. Yeah, and and that and that's you know, today when this news went out, one of the number one questions, at least that I've been fielding, and, and Jason, maybe you have a different story because I know some people reach out to your inbox or my inbox, and the question is. So what does that mean for single cast nation bottling? So, you know, who, yeah. who's going to be in charge of that? You know, yeah. and, and the answer was n- nothing's changed. Yeah. Jason and I, I mean, are, got, are still picking casts. Exactly. Jess is helping pick casts. And yeah, exactly. I've got a really strong view. I mean, you guys are single cast nation. I mean, you, you continue to source, to select the whiskies, to tell the stories about mm-hmm. those whiskies um, with the support from me and the rest of the the ASC team behind you to, to give you additional support and resources. But the key thing, I think, as I said, is about investing in the right people. That's you. Why yeah. do that if you're not then going to trust you to continue doing what you've been so successful to date with? So it's a no-brainer for me. It's actually one of those interesting parts here, and I'd, I'd be interested in your KPMG experience of this as well, is... Oftentimes, and we've talked about it in the podcast and and in previous episodes of Extra Extra, where as soon as you hear about corporate takeover or or a corporate purchase, the people who have been with that entity all the way say, oh, this is bad. Oh, it's not going to be the same. It's over. It's going to (laughs) change. And so to hear the CEO of ASC say, well, why would we invest in something that's working and being successful and then change the way it's successful? Doesn't make any it, sense. It doesn't make any sense. We heard the same things about SMWS at the time of the of the IPO. And, and bizarrely, an IPO is an opportunity for everyone to invest. And actually, about 10% of our members in the UK bought shares. So it became hmm. more egalitarian. More people were ah, um, okay. owned it, got to... Got to um, to be part of it. But this idea that, well, now it's a big corporate beast and, oh, it's everything's going to change. And I, my, my main two comments were, one, previously we were owned by a private equity firm. Now, typically, they get the worst rep. In reality, our experiences were fantastic. They were completely supportive. They gave us all the time, the space, um, the money to go and invest in, in all the casks and so on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the second is that exact point you just talked about, Jason. Why would we change what has made us so successful? Yeah. You want to do something like this to make it more successful. You want to give it more yeah. space. Um, and the state for us, the IPO was about raising money to go and buy more whiskey, buy more casks, you know, build a, build a cask warehouse and bottling plant and so on. It wasn't about <laughs> changing what made the society so successful. It might be spend a bit more money on marketing so we can tell more people about it, but... Mm-hmm. Why change what is at the heart of what's made it a success today? I mean, that's very much my view here. Yeah. Yeah. Great to hear. <laughs> it really is great to hear. <laughs> it puts it, it put us at ease in 2023 and yeah. it continues to put us at ease in 2024 and beyond. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I think about the way that, that we've been running Single Cast Nation for for just about 13 years. We're in our 13th year, but we haven't completed 13 years just yet, but let's call it 13. It's it's our bar mitzvah year. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's always been <laughs> led with with ideas and and sort of doing interesting things and, and telling unique stories. 
and to be able to continue that with with your backing, you know, especially at, at a time right now where um, where access to liquid has has been reduced, cost of liquid continues to go up. You know, now we're, we're able to do what we've been wanting to do with a few with fewer barriers going forward, which is which is really quite nice and quite quite special to us. Yeah. And I think that storytelling um, really resonates even now. So even where um, you know cost of living and people's ability to to afford to do things, people want the experience that comes and it has to be about more than just a product it has to be the story and the experience and sharing mm. that with other people and i think that's why single cast nation has been so successful today because it you bring the story uh, the unique story of each risky with it and, and people can kind of connect to that storytelling and then they get to have the have the whiskey too <laughs> yeah, and it's been interesting. Uh, you know, again, we've talked about it on the podcast along the way and over the years, but we agree with you, and, and that's the language we use where we tell a distillery story. Along the way, story has sometimes been co-opted by marketing departments, yeah. and story becomes something separate from the whiskey. Mm. And and I and I think those who follow independent bottlers, those who purchase, enjoy, and share single casks, are looking for a distillery story. They're looking to learn more about the whiskey and the people who make the whiskey, and they don't want to know about insert, you know. Highland story here yeah. about X, Y, and Z. I'm not throwing anybody under the bus yeah. today. I've yeah. made a resolution for 2024. <laughs> and so, and so, yeah, we, we do want to lead with the stories and talk about the people and other communities that are producing whiskey as well that we're able to share. You know, we, you know, you know, not too long ago, we had a, a conversation with uh, uh, Pocono in New Zealand, right? We're talking about what are they trying to achieve in New Zealand? What's important there? Uh, what do raw ingredients look like? And so that's important. That's vital. Mm. That's what that's what we mean when we use and, story. And, that, and I know that's what you use. That's what you mean when you use story. Exactly. And that story gives you a connection to it. It allows you to kind of really engage it more than just the taste level. You're, you are actually having an immersive experience because you're, you're understanding how that product's come to be. It's history, it's journey into mm. the glass and that gives you a greater connection. So it, you know, it's easier to, to enjoy. Yeah. Can I ask a, a, a semi-probing SMWS question? Of course you can. Just with the idea of, of using a, a numerical system to represent your distilleries, which, which I think is has always been such a brilliant idea because I know my favorite numbers, right? Yeah, 35 yeah. <laughs> is up there. 125 is up there. Um, three is up there. Um, you See, know, I'm, I'm, now a th- I'm now a three fan in a way that, as I say, three. two bottles on the shelf for it. Now it's, now it's a three. I've got a bottle on my shelf now. I love it. <laughs> uh, actually, the first time Jason came to visit me, this was 2010, 2011, uh, he stayed over the house and we, we woke up early in the morning and we're, we're talking about what single cast nation could look like. And I broke out a bottle of three point, oh geez, I don't know, insert three numbers here. Yeah. And it was breakfast whiskey and it was the perfect whiskey for the, for the morning and, and the conversation and, and the things that, that would then come. But, but how does, 
how does representing your whiskeys through a numerical system affect the way you tell the stories about the whiskeys you bottle? Yeah, hmm. it, it, it does. Um, because of that disconnect in the numbering, what we want is we want people to enjoy all of the elements of the history of the bottle equally. So mm. we want them to to know the age, the region, the cask type, the the distillery, but at all as factors that come to play to influence the the whiskey. Not this is a linkwood, and therefore immediately your expectations point you in a direction. Yeah, it's one of the factors, the features of this is it was distilled at Linkwood. One of the factors is it's 12 years old. One of the factors is it was finished in a, you know, Oloroso. You know, all of those bits become pieces of information, yeah. not I like Macallan, so all I'm going to drink is Macallan. It becomes a feature. So we always mm -hmm. try to continue to tell that distillery story Separate. So we do talk about the, the distillies, but when we're describing that bottle, we don't want it to become the dominant feature, which it so easily, so easily can be. But yeah. you can't hide it. It shouldn't be. It needs to be on the bottle because it is one of the important factors about the bottle. It's just <laughs> yeah, not sure. the only important factor about a bottle. Does that sort okay. of make sense? It does. I've got a follow-up question with regards to numbers because I know in some cases. You've got distilleries that produce peated and unpeated whiskey. So Tobermory that produces Lechig. Yet yep. I know they retain the same number. So how yeah. do you communicate those sorts of differences? And is it just through tasting notes or yeah, just curious how you do that? Yeah, that's that's more of a challenge and particularly a, a business which is often described as a 40-year-old startup. <laughs> Consistency isn't always applied. So okay. there hasn't always been a hard and fast rule which has, which has existed forever. So inconsistencies do creep in over time. <laughs> um, now, something like Tobermory and Lechig, there is such a, a clear and distinct difference that you usually don't have to do too much to help point people in different directions. Sure. But particularly where you've got um, you know, places where Loch Lomond the number of different styles, the varieties yeah. that can be produced mm -hmm. there are astronomical. Yeah, It doesn't yeah. necessarily make sense to have 200 different distillery <laughs> numbers, but you do, yeah. you do want to celebrate the fact that they're not all just the same. And that's why I think the, the numbering, even the numbering can say, well, it was distilled there. I've got a bit of an expectation about what that's going to be, what that's going to be like. Um, so it's not a very good answer, but uh, <laughs> well, I'm just going to be honest about that. I was that. just getting into that, <laughs> yeah. and then it ended. Yeah. However, you know, I'm, I'm connecting what you're saying to something you, you mentioned earlier, which is the consumers of your whiskeys, just like the consumers of our whiskeys, and now yeah. our whiskeys, um, yeah. are whiskey adventurers, right? Yeah. And they're going into it understanding that this new bottle will be a new experience. And I would, I would argue that those that are purchasing our whiskeys are those that, that want to be taken off guard, that 
that it's okay not to approach a bottle with specific expectations because they're expecting a right turn and and, and we're going left here. And that's kind Ex- of a, expect the unexpected. a special thing. Yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> Back to Monty Python. Ex- exactly. Uh, no. <laughs> but that, that's just right. And I think um, what you're trying to do is straddle that line between taking people on a journey, giving them new experiences, catching them off guard, giving them something surprise and mm-hmm. delight, you know, something mm-hmm. they wouldn't have wouldn't have expected. Um, you know, little tricks like, you know, using expeated casks, to, to give a, a, a kind of essence of peat to distillers yeah, that don't sure. use peated spirits. Um, all, all, kinds of, all kinds of things in, the, in that mix. But also, we want to take people at all stages of their journey, not just the aficionados who already know what they're doing. We want people who want to go on a journey but are only taking their first or second step and giving them uh, some tools, so like the flavour profiles that we use, mm. little tools that kind of help give some steer, help give them a kind of mm-hmm. first step. If you've tried something like that, maybe something else like this might also be of you, um, something you might like to try. It's going to be different. You, yeah. You're going to try something new, but t- those first little baby steps, making them, giving them a safe space into which to to navigate. Yeah. I mean, a bit like on, on your own bottles with the, the kind of... Um, what do we call it? The, kind oh, of the flavometer. flavometer. The, fl- yes. the flavometer. Again, just giving people some clues, but a broad direction. It doesn't tell yeah. you what the whiskey is going to taste like. It doesn't tell you how you're going to enjoy it or not. But just giving you some extra tips and clues and, and steer that mm-hmm. might direct you to ones you're more likely to enjoy. But I'm sure you know the nation members, a bit like the society members, it's very rare for someone to say it's a bad whiskey. They just say, that one's not for me. That That's yeah. not the flavour profile I like. So the more you can avoid those things, the better. That better answer. Well, yeah. yeah, excellent. <laughs> well, and I think to, to the point you were making a second ago, uh, b- both of you, is I think it's sometimes too easy to fall into the pattern of following the same numbers. Yeah. Right. Like, you know that 35 is probably going to do quite well. I have 35333 right next to me on my desk. Right. And it's absolutely cracking. Um, But it's also fun to stumble into a 68, uh, a 102. Right. Like, those are kind of nice moments as well. and, And I think the attraction is. Is exploring and. And allowing ourselves to experience different flavors along the way. So I like what you're saying there. Yeah. I, I totally buy into it. Yeah. You'd been saying earlier, Joshua, that we were we were getting emails and texts and, and different questions yeah. coming in from yeah. people. One of the questions that we have seen the most is what does this mean for Jess? And mm-hmm. and we are excited to see that question we are happy to see that question Mm -hmm. and and one of the things to make crystal clear is jess remains a part of single cast nation jess remains working in concert with jason and joshua so just as we were saying a little bit earlier Jason and Joshua are single cast nation. Jason and Joshua are calling the shots at single cast nation. The shot we are calling is Jess remains with single cast nation. <laughs> yeah. That 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 is a yeah. big one. Yeah. And and we will be hearing more from Jess. 
Yeah, absolutely. And that and that that allows me to tease into we will be hearing from Jess in a future episode along with a name the that is not not no stranger to listeners of the podcast. We have had a lot of fun with him in a, in a range of episodes. And I was about to mention his name a moment ago when you said, Andrew, that not everybody likes the same whiskey. But but you just maybe come in and you say, that whiskey's not for me. And I'm in no way suggesting the same is true for this person. But the first <laughs> time we interacted with this person at Westland Distillery was the first time we chose a whiskey for single cast nation that we thought would be a take it or leave it, love it or hate it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it was a heavily peated, sherry matured, three or four year old, two year old, two year old Westland. And it was cracking. But those who liked it, loved it. And those who didn't like it, Really didn't like it. I'm not going to use the word hate because it's 2024. Uh, really didn't like it. And so we are beyond excited to be working closely with the man, the myth, the legend, Steve Hawley. And so do you want to put a few leaves on those branches to give us uh, a bit more understanding of, of Steve's role? Because Steve will be ASC. Exactly. So I first, I first uh, met Steve. Uh, I think must be almost, almost two years ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe a little bit more actually. Two, two and a half years ago, summer of twenty twenty one. Wow, time flies when you're having fun, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> and obviously, immediately kind of hit it off as someone who is uh, again super passionate about about whiskey. Um, comes at it with that attitude of. Uh, being on a journey, wanting to try new things. I mean, I talked about having a couple of dozen bottles on my shelf. I know his policy is that he should have no unopened bottles at home. So as soon as he has a bottle, they're all they're all opened. Um, wow. Now even I can, <laughs> even I can. Somewhere. And I he, here's someone who has. I I don't know, but I'm probably going to throw him under the bus here. I'm, I must be a couple of hundred open bottles of whiskey, so it must be a great fun to, great fun to go around for a dram at his house. But, um, and we've been we've been sort of talking talking to each other for a, for a long time, and Steve has so much insight, knowledge, connections, and some great ideas. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm really excited to have him as sort of part of the the ASC team, and. Mm-hmm. For me, as, as we've talked about, you guys are single cast nation. You get the chance to to get the support, the resources to really give it its its full chance, its best chance of success. And part of that for me is making sure there is support in the US to, to help to help with that. So having mm-hmm. Steve working alongside you, um, I mean, I know you've got your own kind of shared history, and I'm sure you'll talk about that in a in a moment. But from my perspective, having that. Uh, amazing individual, great experience as part of the team makes it even more of a even more of a slam dunk, and also gives us the opportunities to um, to see how we can expand ASC in the US more more generally. Yeah. So it's it's great. For yeah, us. 
in his role as president of the American Single Malt Whiskey Commission as well. You know, we talk to him regularly about the rise of American Single Malt Whiskey in the US. We talk about the impending ratification of that category in yeah. the US. Um, that's exciting, especially with the work we've been doing at SCN with <laughs> Incomplete Joshua Hatton List coming up, VDC, Balcones, uh, Westland, Westward... Help me out, Joshua. Copperworks. <laughs> like, Copperworks. He's like, no, Jason, you just keep going. You're driving the bus over yourself, mate. Keep digging your You're doing a fantastic ahead. job. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, as, as we are releasing those single casks from those distilleries and telling those stories, but also telling the story of a category that is being born whole cloth in front of us. Like that's hugely exciting. So to, to work even closer with Steve on that is, is beyond cool. Yeah. Uh, some you, might say pretty well. And you talked about kind of why, why is this sort of partnership uh, a match made in heaven? Why is it such a, why is it such a, I, I think that, you're so well placed to take advantage of that um, opportunity in American whiskey, a space in which you already have some presence, mm-hmm. and, and with Steve as well, as you say, bringing his experience from the from the commission into yeah. a category that just has some fantastic distilleries and so much potential, and I think the timing is so poignant. It's so well placed. I just think this is exactly the right exactly the right time. Yeah, agreed wholeheartedly. Yeah, you know, having Steve be a part of this for me was was just it was not just an added bonus, but but a big part of the selling point because if I'm being very honest, Steve and and the team at Westland had been a supporter of of what we do and what we've been doing since almost the very beginning. And, yep. and really bought into our vision and, and wanted to be a, a part of that and saw uh, the reach that we had through our bottlings and in our in our nation membership and, and that. And to have someone who believed in us so much to be working with that person re- really means a lot. And, and, you know, and I think over the years, you know, some of my favorite episodes of, of One Nation Under Whiskey <laughs> yep. has been with Steve and, and Matt Hoffman. Now yeah. both previously of Westland, but you know, doing our our um, our April Fools episodes and just having having an absolute blast doing that. So, and you need those advocates, uh, you know, as as independent companies as without profession, you need those advocates at the distilleries mm-hmm. who really understand yeah. what you're trying to do and why it matters and why it's such a critical part of the industry. It's so important to being, being successful, and then, as you say, getting the chance to work alongside them is is great. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, we we appreciate that you you believe in in what we do so much so that you said, "Hey, come join the team." It really means a lot to to Jason and I. Um, Absolutely, you know, to have Single Cast Nation be be part of the Artisanal Spirits Company team. It's quite special. Yeah, yeah. It's very exciting. Very exciting. I mean. All through the kind of Christmas holiday, because we sort of knew we were getting closer, and we were almost there, and um, almost, and it's just that moment when it was actually T's crossed, eyes dotted, docu signed. It's not the same as signing with a nice proper pen, but you know when they, <laughs> when it was all. The, I'm still holding my pen. He's still, still, holding, still holding the pen. <laughs> uh, it's such a great, it's such a great moment, and now the fun is that that's just us at the start line. 
we now get to yeah. go and actually to do, and actually go and do it. Yeah, after quiet, secret side negotiations, yeah. to be shouting this from the rooftops yeah. for all of 2024 and beyond feels remarkable. And and we are so excited to get to work and and expand mm-hmm. globally and select more casts and introduce more distilleries. Yeah. The the sky isn't even the limit. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and now you've learned that critical thing. Going to make some, going to make some money. Going to make some great whiskies. Going to get these bottles in front of uh, people around the world. It's going to be amazing. There you go. Nice. There you go. And I'm going to learn some financial maths along the way. Financial maths along the way. Hell, we might even make some money. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, thanks again so much for for joining us, taking time out, and you know to. It's a busy day for all of us because today is announcement <laughs> day, but what a perfect day to be having this, this conversation and, um, and sharing a little dram with you. And, uh, and I, I got some show notes here. We're meant to release four Ardmores per year minimum. Is that, is that correct? <laughs> a month. A, a month. month. I think it's a, a month. month. <laughs> oh, man. You can okay. have four 25-year-olds or 100-year-olds. That's the... <laughs> Well, I can't think or of anything. Or more cask nation. Exactly. I can't think of anything I'd rather be doing than sitting and chatting whiskey with you guys. It's been a been a real pleasure, and and to get to talk to the to the nation for the first time, and can't wait to get to speak to some some more, and hopefully meet some people in due course. It's brilliant, very exciting. I genuinely can't wait. Can can't go over it. Brilliant. Cheers, mate. Yeah. Cheers to you, and cheers to that. Sincere thanks to Andrew for, as we said in that interview, joining us on the busiest of busy days, <laughs> which for him may very well just be, you know, a, a day of the week that ends in Y. Uh, for you and I, that was a lot of emails and a lot of texts. Yeah. And uh, Here's the thing. Here's, here's how I know we're living in 2024. <laughs> I didn't receive one single phone call looking to discuss what had happened. Oh, that's, that is so interesting. I hadn't <laughs> thought about that. Yeah, I received emails. I received texts. Yeah. I received WhatsApps and Facebook yep. notifications. <laughs> but, uh, but no phone calls. Not a single phone call, which, hallelujah. I'm, I'm on board with that one. So, um, yeah, it, it was really, uh, it was an exciting day and, and it really... That interview fed into the excitement of the day. And uh, and hopefully the takeaway here is there's the CEO mm-hmm. of Artisanal Spirits Company mm-hmm. that now owns Single Cast Nation. It was easy talking to him. It was easy talking whiskey with him. It, it didn't feel like we were talking to our new corporate overlords, right? It's... It's and he said he said it in the press release. He he said it in the interview. This is this is a meeting of minds, mm-hmm. right? This is what have Jason and Joshua done with Single Cast Nation? How have they worked with Jess on that? How could they benefit from having someone of the caliber of Steve Hawley in the room? Like that's it, it's a it's a simple get to work, yeah. right? Go forth, yeah. Do what you do. Yep. Now you've got support. I'm on board with that. Yeah. 
Yeah, you know, it's it's listening back to that conversation. It, I, I loved how easy it was, and and that's how it was yeah. from the from the first conversation. He's just a guy that you can get on with, and and the whole team, and the whole right? and the whole team. He's an, he's yeah. not an outlier. Yeah, no, it, <laughs> he represents the entire team like that. It's such it's such a good point. Um, you know, and and we said that in our conversation with with Mark Gillespie. It's you get to meet the team and realize, oh man, you know, you, you've known these people for a while, or you've known of their names, and and now to get to work with them and to get to get to work with with Steve Holly, I think is is really a highlight for me. He's he's someone that I that I respect such a great deal, and um, so yeah, the the future is so bright, Jason. I've got to wear shades. If I don't interject at this point, saying how excited I am to talk to Steve or work with Steve, does that does that get me in trouble? Do I need to go on the record saying I too am very excited? We're just going to leave that there. Uh, <laughs> listen, um, I've got an important question for you, and it's, and it's and it's a question that we didn't ask Andrew Dane, and, and I purposely. <laughs> <laughs> did not want to ask Andrew this question because... I can only imagine what's about to come out of your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was going to throw in a, a naughty joke, but, but uh-huh. I'm not going to. And now having uh-huh. said that I was going to, I can... There's a meta joke for you. Um, my question for you, Jason, is what has you excited for the next three years from now, five years from now? What What... This is a question we always pose to our interviewees, Yeah, but this involves us. Yeah. There are so many aspects I can pull from. Do I really have to select one? Like, does it have to be my my top of the top? Oh, no, 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 no. I mean, no no one ever selects one. You always ask that, like, listen back to our interviewers and what is the one thing? And they say, okay, hold on, let me get this laundry list. Like, yeah, answer as you like. Uh, Okay, so I have spent two, perhaps three years contemplating what strategic global expansion Mm. looks like for single cast nation Mm -hmm. and we now have a corporate partner who can help us define and discern what that looks like yeah and that's huge that's really huge Mm -hmm. and and while yes i'm i'm very excited about the the American base nation and growing membership and bringing a bit more scotch back to that proposition mm-hmm. while curating a, an ever increasing selection of American single malt whiskey bourbon rye that that is definitely exciting I've seen the work Jess has been doing yeah I've yeah. seen the work we've been trying to do with Jess Mm -hmm. and I think that can be even richer than what we've achieved to date and so I think even even as we stop using the term rest of world Mm -hmm. and we start talking about 
specific global markets. Yep. I think there's something very exciting in all of that. And and again, you know, for, for our listeners down there, uh, who, who we, we've got no representation down there, um, I, I'm excited that 2024 can be the, the beginning of something there. But then further global markets on top of that. So, yeah. So there you go. I've, I, I tried to focus my answer while still giving a good old <laughs> nod to the, the US side of the nation. Um, I, I have to, of, of course, ask you in return, uh, what has you most excited mm. as, we, as we enter this through 2024? Well, before I get into that, just, just with the idea that there may be more listeners to this particular episode than we have had previously, people that may be new. That would be nice. Right? Be new to the podcast. It's important to point out that when we use the term, quote unquote, down there, we're we're referring to (laughs) Australia, right? New Zealand, Tasmania. And it comes from the fact that I tried, I didn't want to say down under because it just sounded like pandering to those you know, the American understanding and like, it's all Paul Hogan and that's not an off. This is an off. And, you know, so I said down there and, and it, it's so funny. You take a moment to, to make this point because earlier on in today's episode, I purposely used the word podcast instead of pad cost. Cause I wanted to be welcoming to new listeners. So <laughs> Uh, awesome. Yeah. awesome! Well, awesome. They'll, they'll eventually understand that. Eventually, my, my limitations when it comes to the English language has has become <laughs> a series of sayings throughout <laughs> this now eight years of of this podcast. Here, um, you know, it, it's right, and this is one of the reasons, Jason, that that your partnership, that our partnership, uh, from the get go, just simply makes sense because the number one thing that I thought of when it comes to what am I most excited for when it comes to single cast the nation moving forward is this idea of of growing our global markets you know we we spent the first you know 8 years growing our business within the Indeed. US you know first Indeed. online and then expanding to, to various markets within the country here. We're now, I think, in, in 27, 28 different states. And then bringing Jess on in 2019, you know, we, we expanded into a number of different markets, Germany, Israel, Sweden, UK, you know, Japan, et cetera. And, uh, and I know it was an incomplete Joshua Hatton list. We also put some whiskey into South Africa and, you know. Can- or, Canada? Yeah, in Canada, Canada, and yeah, see, thank you. See, I, I have to stop listing people out. But did you say Germany? I, I think I said Germany. Maybe you did. Anyway. Anyway. You know, in in speaking with with Andrew, in our in our conversation that we just listened back to, you know, he talks about the SMWS being in thirty global markets. Right, we're going to go from from being in you know seven to eight countries to accessing these a number of these different markets and that's so special to me you know this is an idea that you and I 
concocted from being bloggers in in the early the the very late aughts in the early 2010s and mm-hmm. and to then grow that into something that is recognized worldwide has been special and now we're only expanding that and that's really exciting to me it's it also it's also a lot of pressure too like that that that's that's a big job and 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 thinking about how we need to understand those markets and bottle for those markets while still ensuring those bottlings fit our own flavor profiles. I think that's some hard work. I mean, it sounds like hard work and, and it really, mm-hmm. oh, you guys got to sweating taste, right? just listening to you. You know, but, yeah. but it is, you know, it's like the German palate is different from the American palate is different from the Australian palate and, and so on and so forth. And, and I'm excited to, to grow into these markets and understand how to best bottle whiskeys that we love for those markets. Yeah. There's a part of me as well is asking that question. You talk about a little bit of the, the pressure, a little bit of the responsibility, you know, for me, there's a bit of this. We've championed American single malt whiskey in America, and we're, and we're seeing a rising tide there. And mm-hmm. it's it's nice to have friends there, <laughs> and and be working in a common direction. But I, but now I'm starting to think about American single malt overseas, yeah, and the role that we could potentially play in that, and. That's really exciting. You know, we've we've got Jess, who it's obviously, we've discussed it many times, <laughs> a champion of of Westland Distillery. Mm-hmm. And now we've got Steve Hawley on board, who, who obviously did an incredible work with Westland Distillery. <laughs> and, and, and leads up the American Single Malt Whiskey Commission. Like, you right. couldn't get any more American Single Malt right. when it comes to Steve Hawley, right? Right. And, and so I'm asking that question of what what can we even do with American single malt whiskey overseas? That is mm-hmm. so cool mm-hmm. and and something to really get excited about. So yeah, the the gosh, the the world is our oyster. Yeah, I I think too, you know, there there are other American distilleries that that, that we haven't worked with that we know oh gosh right? so Christ 180 that we haven't worked with <laughs> I mean really 2,500 and you know some odd that we haven't worked with I was only referencing the ones who produce single malt well there's that but you know there, there's a number of American producers that we haven't had relationships with that we know you know, artisanal have relationships with. And, and that's another exciting thing for us. You know, we've had, yep. we've been working with a series of brokers in a series of distilleries, but it's all been limited. And now we have access to a number of distilleries, be it here in the US or, or, or globally, that we now have access to and we get to tell new stories. And that I think is really exciting because in the end, that's that's what we have been doing. We've been telling yeah. stories through flavor and sometimes yeah. designing those stories from casks to sort of this, you know, this internal cinematic world where we bottle whiskey from this distillery and then use that cask to finish whiskey mm-hmm. from that distillery. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now we have a larger pool of distilleries to 
to extend that that storytelling with and and how whiskey can be changed and, and shaped because it's it's malleable and we're gonna form it to our likings and that's that's fun yeah oh without any shove of doubt yeah it's ah, listen as as you and I are waxing lyrical we we know there's there's a nation we know there's a a one nation under whiskey listenership who may very well have questions of their own. Mm-hmm. And and we have our annual mailbag episode coming up in the early part of February. We're going to have our usual January 31 deadline to, to get questions in. But, you know, more than ever, we would love to hear from the nation. We'd love to hear from the global listenership of One Nation Under Whiskey. Please drop an email to info at singlecastnation.com or questions at one nation under whiskey.com. No Ian Whiskey. The mailbag episode is going to be myself and Joshua, as always, with Jess, glad to have her, and Steve Hawley. Mm-hmm. And it'll, it'll be the first time we have Steve Hawley on as our partner in crime, <laughs> as opposed to our Westland partner in crime. And that's going to be a lot of fun. And, and maybe we'll have our own questions for Steve based on some of the texts we've received along the way, um, as well as emails that are coming in here. But this really is an opportunity. And we, and we, we love this annual tradition. We mm-hmm. love putting this back to listeners and members of the nation to, to give you a chance to have your voice heard, to have your questions asked. And I know you'll come up with the best questions, the very best questions that are filled with the best words. Yeah, listen, I, 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 I couldn't have said it better. It, it'll be great to hear from our listeners from the nation. And, and I'm excited to answer these questions. And, and I know that there's going to be a lot. So please reach out and, and 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 listen, Jason. These these first thirteen years of our whiskey journey together has has been such a highlight in in my own life, and and to now you know be able to you know leave my my current day job of of Impacts Beverages and and now join you. 100% in this endeavor with Jess and with Steve and, and now with the with the backing of the Artisanal Spirits Company. I'm just, I'm excited for this next chapter. And, and I love the way that you said that, right? People say end of an era and, and it's, it's not. It's, that was chapter one. We're now in chapter two. Well, maybe we're in chapter seven at this point. But, well, no, we're not I, I think, in chapter yeah, seven. Yeah, we're a little deeper into the. <laughs> we're a little deeper into the book at this point. You know, and and so so I'm excited for this new chapter in our journey. And fuck if it's if it isn't going to be a special part of our journey. Well, and I think hot on the heels of what you just said there. And the proof is in the pudding is, is one of my favorite expressions. We've always said wonderful, complimentary things about Impex distilleries, but not because they were Impex distilleries, but because they were distilleries that we firmly believe in. Yeah. 
you will continue to hear us say wonderful things about Kilhoman and Ardna Merkin and Glenallachy and Indri and Milk and Honey. And I will say etc. at this point. Be- because, yeah. because it's true, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and I think this is where if we have spent years saying, and we're not just saying that because Joshua's wearing his Impex hat, right? There is no Impex hat. It's all single cast nation hats going forward. Yeah. Yeah. And we still love those distilleries, buy from those distilleries, select from those distilleries, mm-hmm. support those distilleries. Mm-hmm. Nation, listeners, One Nation Under Whiskey, you will hear us continue to love on the same distilleries while adding ever more. Yeah, and, and just, just in case any of our distributor partners, and by dis- distributor partners, I mean he, here in the U.S., are curious about Single Cast Nation and my departure from Impex, what that may mean. You know, the good news is Impex will continue to import Single Cast Nation whiskeys. My leaving isn't the end of our relationship with Impex. No. It's just the next chapter, if you will, in in our relationship with Impex. And, you know, at, at the end of the day, we share a vision and, and being with Impacts is is where we want to be. It's where we need to be, and and we're looking forward to growing with them. Indeed, indeed, indeed. With that said, Jason. With all of that said, uh, thank you again to to Andrew Dane. Uh, we're excited to be working with you uh, and the rest of the team at ASC. Indeed. And 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 Jason and Jess, who isn't with us, but but I raise my my glass to her. The three of us have been have been quite the team and I'm just looking for us to, to move forward and in, in the most positive of ways, this is more exciting than can be expressed in words. Yep. I'm going to get out of here by saying thank you to all the listeners. Thank you to the nation. Thank you to you, Joshua uh, and Jess and the artisanal team and Andrew Dane. And I'm going to say onward and upward. Thank you.